songs, I, I felt such a love of Jesus just in this place. And I asked him, I just said, Lord, where do you, is there something that you want to do to confirm this? And uh, took me to John 20, and I just want to kind of walk us through this for just a moment. So I, just sit down or lay down. Keep your eyes closed. Just stay in this place of worship right now. I believe the Lord wants to, I believe Jesus wants to encounter each one of us right now. There's, there's moments in my life, there's times all throughout my life where I, I know Jesus is love. I know he loves me. I can talk about his love. But there's these moments, these special moments where I just feel like the Lord says, I want to show you my love. I want you to encounter my love. And I know we, we feel his love all around us at all times. And like it, it strength, He strengthens us. He's in us, so we have his love. We carry his love. But I feel like right now the Lord wants to just do something really special. So I didn't want to miss this moment. And so as I walk you through this, just with your eyes closed, I feel like the Lord's just going to reveal some things to you. And he's just going to show you his love. You're going to experience the power of his love. So this is in John 20, and it's after Jesus had been crucified and he'd been buried. He's, he was in the tomb, and it was the third day. It says, well, it was still dark. Mary Magdalene, she went to the tomb. She was the first one to go to the tomb. And there's something about Mary's heart to be in the presence of the Lord just where, as, as we're singing. I'm a lover of your presence. Mary loved to be near the presence of God, in the presence of Jesus. So while it's still dark, she goes out to the tomb and she sees the, the, the stone roll back. And so she runs back, runs back and she tells Peter and and it says in the other disciple, because John didn't want to call himself out, but <laughs> Peter and John and the one that Jesus loved, <laughs> which is awesome, that John would call himself the one that Jesus loved. He knew the love of Jesus. And so they run back. They run back out. And they see that the, the stone is, is pulled away and they go into the tomb and see the strips of, of linen lying there and the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. And the cloth was folded up by itself, separated from the linen. And when they saw it, it says they saw and they believed. And so they go back. It says that they go back to their home. But, but Mary, who I believe doesn't say it, but she, she, all of a sudden she's back at the tomb. So my guess is she runs back, she tells them, 
and then they go running to the tomb and she follows them back to the tomb. And so she's standing outside the tomb. And unlike John and, and James who were, or I'm sorry, John and Peter who were, who were, they ran there to find out what was going on, but they went back. They believed. But Mary stayed in that place and just began to weep, began to cry. Her heart was so longing to be close to Jesus. It says she wept. As she bent over and she looked in the tomb, she saw two angels in white. They weren't there for Peter and for, for John, but they were there for Mary. And they said, woman, why are you crying? She says to the angels, they have taken my Lord away. She had such a longing to be in the presence of Jesus. When we experience the presence of Jesus, there's nothing like it. I don't know where they've put him. And then it, it says at this, and this is this just blows my mind. She turns around and Jesus is standing right there. He didn't have to come to her. He didn't come to, to Peter. He didn't come to John as they came to the tomb. But it was in this weeping and this longing be in his presence she turns around and he's right there but she doesn't she doesn't recognize him she doesn't see that it's Jesus and Jesus says to her woman he doesn't call her by name <laughs> and there's a point to this he says woman why are you crying who is it that you're looking for he already knew the answer And it says, thinking that he was the gardener, <laughs> she says back to Jesus, she goes, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Whew. Such a longing to be with Jesus. And it was in this moment where Jesus calls her by name. Just says one word. Just says, Mary. And her eyes were opened. And she could see. She saw that it was Jesus. And she says, it says she cries out in Aramaic, Rabbi, teacher. It doesn't say this, but I'm, she goes, I know she goes and runs to him. <laughs> She doesn't just stay there when she sees Jesus. She goes to him, runs to him, and grabs a hold of him. This is that longing to be so close to Jesus. She runs him, runs to him, grabs a hold of his clothes. And Jesus says this, you can't hold on to me. Don't hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my father 
and to your Father and to my God and to your God. So Lord, right now, I thank you that there is such a longing in our heart. It's what we're created for, to be one with Jesus. Mary felt it in her spirit. It was so deep within her that she said, I know I've got to find Jesus. I have to find him. I've got to be close to him. She's weeping because she can't find him. He's not there. The fact that she goes to the gardener, who was Jesus, and says, if you just tell me where he is, I will go get him. I'll go find him. Just tell me. Let I pray that there would be such a longing for Jesus in our hearts. He's everything. He's life. Mary understood this. Lord, I thank you that in this place of longing for you, Lord, you come to us. You came to Mary. You appeared to Mary, the very first person on the face of the earth that you appeared to after your death was the one that was weeping at your tomb, the one that was crying out for you. Lord, I thank you that you hear every cry the longing to be close to you. Your response is yes. For those who cry out to you, for those who long for you, you will come and you'll meet them there, right where they are. Mary didn't have to go anywhere. She didn't have to go and try to find them. He came right there to her and spoke her name, Mary. I pray that, you, Lord, you would speak to each of us in this moment that you would call us by name that our eyes would be open to see that you're right here right now you're in this place that you actually come to us when we call upon your name when we cry out to you when we long for you says, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be filled. He will come. He'll meet you right where you are. You don't have to go anywhere. But Lord, I pray that our eyes would be open. The fact that Mary didn't even know that it was Jesus right away until she called, until he called her name. Lord, I pray that you would call us by name that we would be so aware of your presence, that we would be lovers of your presence. Put that longing in us. It's the very longing for life. And it's only found in you, Jesus. There's no other life outside of you. Just sing that verse one more time. I'm a lover of your presence. Sing it to Jesus. Just tell him. 
that you're a lover of his presence. You love and you long to be in his presence. It's such a precious passage that Mike took us through. I just want to highlight one thing from it that the Lord's been showing us over the last few weeks. It's this connection between weeping and his presence the gift of tears and the breakthrough that comes after the gift of tears. I really think it's significant that Mary remained there in a posture of weeping. She was mourning for the presence of the Lord, longing for the presence of the Lord. And then the Lord, the physical resurrected Jesus, met her. I, I don't think that's an accident. I've been in the first chapter of Nehemiah and he responds to the report of the walls of Jerusalem being broken down. And he feels the heart of God. My city has not been restored. And he enters into weeping with the Father over the city that's going to be the city of the great king, the city of his presence, the city that his son's going to rule the earth from. And he's feeling an assignment from the Lord and he's weeping and mourning and fasting and praying. And it says he's doing it for about four months. If you put the dates together in that chapter. The Lord spoke to my wife on this last five-day fast and he spoke to her from the book of Joel. And she said, Lord, what do you want me to do for this fast? And he said, Rachel, I want you to weep. He spoke this to her. Return to me with all of your heart. This is Joel 2.12. With fasting and with weeping and with mourning. And rend your hearts and not just your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. And He relents over disaster. And then it says again, Verse 15, blow a trumpet in Zion, call an assembly. And then verse 17, this is what the assembly is supposed to do. They are supposed to weep between the porch and the altar, between the place that the people were accepted and only the places that the priests were accepted, the Holy of Holies, the altar. Weep in that gap, stand in the gap and weep and say, spare your people, O Lord. And I, I, we've just felt this grace to to weep before the Lord. Rachel would just get alone and, and weep and long for His presence. And it was really just that, Lord, we long for Your presence. We long to experience all of who You are. I just want to read one more verse and then I'm just going to pray into this and Just invite anyone if you feel like the Lord bringing you into a season of longing that releases His manifest presence. I really think that's what He's, one of the things He's doing. He's making us hungry for His presence at this church and we're not satisfied without it, but we want more. We're longing for more. Romans chapter 8. Mike was talking about longing, and I really think you can replace the word groaning here for longing. 
Actually, some translations say longing. It says in verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And then it says later on that the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God, or that word will can be according to the desire of God. God has fiery, burning desires for us. And the Spirit helps us in our intercession and He releases inside of us those longings, those groanings. So I just want to pray into this. And if you want to experience this more, just hold out your hands and ask for the Lord to do this in you. I want to experience this more. Lord, I thank You that You are inviting us into a, a season of intimacy with You. A season of weeping a season of longing, a season of mourning. And I thank You that You are going to use this season to birth a move of Your Spirit, to usher in a move of Your Spirit. So Lord, we say yes to what Mary experienced at that tomb. We say yes to waiting in that place before Your manifest presence breaks in and weeping and crying in the place of intercession. Lord, we say yes to the gift of tears. Lord, as a man, I say yes to the gift of tears. This isn't just a thing for women. This is a thing for men. The more I've grown in the Lord, the, the, tender, the more tender my heart has gotten. And the more I weep in His presence, the more I cry when I'm in the Word. The more I cry in the place of prayer and worship, Lord, I ask you for that gift of tears just to consume us. Holy Spirit, we invite you to groan and long through us, to intercede for us through the saints according to the fiery desires of the Almighty. Lord, we say yes to not rushing from this place and just distracting ourselves with false joy. We say yes to a spirit of mourning that births breakthrough, that births your presence, that births a move of your spirit. We say yes to that as a people tonight. Lord, I say yes to it. And Lord, just like you commanded the ministers in the book of Joel, he says ministers, priests, weep between the porch and the altar and say, spare your people, O God. Do not make us a reproach among the nations. Why should the nations say, where is their God? Meaning, why should the nations not be experiencing the manifest presence of God amongst His people? Why should the nations not be witnessing that? Lord, we say, why should America not be witnessing the manifest presence of God? God Almighty in His church. And Lord, we long for that. We long for that. We say, come, pour out Your Spirit. We say, come, be the God gracious. Be the God compassionate. Be the God showing steadfast love. 
Manifest your presence here at the rock. Manifest your presence. And I pray that you would establish intercessors at every congregation that names your name in our region. And they would begin to weep. They would begin to cry out. They would begin to thirst and hunger for your presence as the deer pants for water. They would begin to thirst and hunger and cry out and weep for your presence, Lord. As if they were in a dry and weary land where there is no water. That you would stir that in your church, O Lord. We say yes to the, the we say yes to mourning in this house. Not, not a false mourning, but we say break our hearts for the things that break yours. Give us that contrite heart, God. Where we just don't look at the world and get frustrated, but we look at the world and we weep because they don't know Jesus. We ask you for that gift of weeping, Lord. In Jesus' name. Dan's going to come up. Dan, would you come up? He doesn't want to come now. I just want to speak to this. And then Dan, I think this is going to, we're just going to kind of make a little bit of a shift here. But this, this longing and this cry for the presence of Jesus. When we encounter Him, it does something. Um, it does everything. It changes everything. But the, the very last chapter of, of John, there's this, in my NIV, it says, Jesus reinstates Peter. And, uh, and three times, Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? Jesus already knew that Peter loved him. <laughs> uh, but we've been feeling this, even in this, as we are overcome and overwhelmed by the love of Jesus, it changes us. We become followers of him. Not just not just students where we understand who he is and about him, but the following comes in the loving. Because when we love him that much, there's so many scriptures in here that you know, talks about you got to lay down your life. You're going to pick up your cross. You're going to follow Jesus. And I, I, I think sometimes, and I'm guilty of this, is sometimes I'm, as I'm preaching these things, like I'm just going, come on, you got to do this. You got to lay down your life. You got to pick up your cross. You got to, you got to follow Jesus. But that comes from experiencing and knowing His love. That when you do that, it's not a, it's not a. Oh, I have to do this. There's nothing more. There's nothing else that you would rather do. You get to this point where you're like. What else would I live for? Why would I live for the things of this world? Why would I allow these things to, to, to affect my life or to, to weigh me down with the, the weights and the sins of this world when I can live for Jesus, when I can live in His presence and run to Him? I feel like it's that, 
when it's when Paul's saying, I've run the race, what he's doing is just running to Jesus all the time. It says, eyes fixed on Jesus all the time, as the author and the perfecter of our face. Running the race that is set before us, but it's with our eyes on Jesus. We're running to him because of that longing we have for him that everything else just gets, it's, it just gets washed away. We throw off, it says in Hebrews 12, we throw off those things that would, that would hinder. But we've been feeling and, and praying into this about assignments. That there are assignments for every person that is a follower of Jesus. And every person has the opportunity to be a follower of Jesus. And every person on this earth is created in the image of God and has been gifted with, with a strength that comes by the Holy Spirit when we say yes to Jesus to empower us to do everything that he's called us to do. And the things that he's called us to do way go, way, go way beyond anything that we could ask, imagine, possibly do in our own power. It, like we are to operate with a supernatural power on this earth, with a divine power that goes beyond anything that we could possibly do on our own. It's what we're created for. We're created for greatness. And, and the world, what, what, what the, the counterfeit is, is well, greatness comes from, from money and power, and, and, but it's a false power. And it's that love of money and power, which the intent is the longing for the things that the Lord has, but the counterfeit of it is this evil, this, this money, this power that says it's the root of all evil. And as, as you taste that, it's, you, you become to get, you get more of a longing for that, and it will take you into a, it'll lead you to death. There's no life in it because it's counterfeit to the kingdom. It's counterfeit to who Jesus is. But when we run towards him and everything else falls away, there's a true power. He says, I, he says, I mark you, I seal you with my spirit. And it's for this purpose, for the life that we're intended to live on this earth. It's, it's, he says it's as a deposit for the things to come. He gives us his spirit right now as a deposit to fully empower us, to put us into a battle-ready position to fight on this earth and do the things that we're called to do that go way beyond our own ability. But it, and it requires, that's where it requires the laying down of our lives. Why does it require that? Because if we love our lives, fear will come in. Because we, we, we say, oh, we have to protect our lives. And Jesus says, no, I'm the one that gives you life. You cannot hold on to your life. <laughs> our life only comes through Christ. And in the laying down of our lives, he empowers us for life with the, the fullness of life. And it, it's amazing because Jesus' desire is that we would live lives that are an amazing adventure, empowered by him, strengthened by him. Yes, he says, you're going to go through trials. You're going to go through tribulation. You're going to go through all these, these things on this earth. But, there's that but in there, but God. 
<laughs> but he says, but I have overcome the world. And his purpose in saying that is that, that the life and, that he has for us and the love that he has for us, everything that he has for us, cannot be taken away by the things of this world when we live a life in Him. And so we've been just seeing there's assignments that we're called to, things that the Lord has given us that go beyond our own abilities. And even as we were in, in our staff meeting on Tuesday, uh, there were just these, there were these assignments. And uh, Steve back there? Oh, yeah. Steve was back there. It, it was just a crazy time, and it was... Uh, Steve was saying, as, as he's, uh, he's he has a uh, an organization that he's starting up, that restarting up, uh, to go after abortion, to go after the 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 unborn child, and uh, he's like, I need, I feel like I need someone from the Rock on my board, and and then someone goes, Oh, I'm supposed to do that. That's the that's an assignment on my life. <laughs> so we begin to pray into that. And just commission for the assignments, and then, and then someone said, "I, I'm called to this. The Lord's given me this assignment. Just dropped it on their lap. It's not something that they've been prepared for, or know how to do, or that's easy. But it was an assignment given to them. And they're like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. But as they've just said yes, the Lord has just opened doors and opportunities and brought people alongside her to to do the things that she's called to do. And but she needed someone that was going to be kind of her." Uh, I can't remember what she calls it, but co-leader. Thank you, co-leader. And so we're in the meeting, and, and someone else says, I'm supposed to be the co-leader. <laughs> and, uh, and it was just this beautiful thing of the Lord is actually, he was just even in that room just setting up assignments. Is it easy? No. But it's, it's these things aren't meant to be easy, and they're not meant to, to, be, to make us comfortable. They're actually meant to make us completely uncomfortable to where we need to rely on Jesus. Nehemiah, Christy spoke a little bit about this on Sunday. We're just talking about it again. Here he is. He's the cupbearer to the king. And sometimes I think in this day and age, this makes no sense. We don't have kings. We don't have cupbearers. Uh, but the cupbearer to the king was one of the closest people to the king uh, because they were required. They would bring the drink. They would bring the wine, and they had to be so trusted by the king. They were in the king's, like, inner courts all the time with them, trusted by them because it could be, so, it could be if <laughs> they didn't trust him or if it was someone that, uh, if they wanted to kill the king, that would be the person that could kill the king, assassinate the king so easily just with poison and the king's dead. So that person was a trusted person in the courts of the king. Nehemiah was that person to the king of Persia. He had everything he wanted. <laughs> he had the life. He had anything the king, if he, he just had to ask the king, I, I need this or I need that, and the king would say, of course, of course. <laughs> says, you, you wouldn't want to make the cupbearer mad. <laughs> Not the person that you want to have that's not on your side. So he had everything he wanted, and the Lord gave him an assignment. He began to see the, the, the wall 
that was torn down, his people that were, that were in shame and were struggling and were being attacked. And there was no wall to protect him. And he felt the assignment. He began to weep. And the Lord called him into that place to do that assignment. It wasn't a, it wasn't a glorious thing for him to go. He had to go out of the king's court and to Jerusalem where they were going to, eventually they were being attacked. They had people coming against him. He was out in the field. He didn't have all the, the great meals every night and the food. He, he didn't have all the comforts of life anymore. But there was an assignment on his life. And he stepped into it and accomplished things that no man could accomplish on their own. It says that the, the enemy saw it and they said, there's no way that he could have done this except with the help of his God. And we're about to move in. We're in a season right now. We are moving into new assignments. Things are shifting. And, and it, the assignments come in that intimacy, in, that, in these times of just being in his presence. And all of a sudden, you're going to see things are going to just get dropped on you. Oh, wow. Something's going to start to just impress on your heart. And I can tell you, it's more than likely not going to be an assignment to go hang out on the beaches of Hawaii or <laughs> the, the white sand beaches and, and get, get your suntan. We weren't created for that. There are moments where we get to go rest, relax, but we're created for the battle. We're created to be in a place where we're not comfortable at all where it doesn't always make sense, where if we're not careful, fear can come in. But the place that we're supposed to operate in is a place of faith. And it's in Christ. Our faith is in Him. And when we know His love for us, I believe it puts us in that position. It says perfect love casts out fear, removes all fear. So when we experience His love, just like what you just experienced a moment ago, that love, his love for us is so great that it removes the fear of death. It removes the fear of persecution. It removes the fear of, 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 of man coming against us, of, of anything of this world to the point where we would say, just as Esther did, if I die, I die. If I perish, I perish. And then she stepped into the king's courts with, and if the king, with Esther, if that king had not extended his scepter, she would have died right there. But there is a favor that the Lord has for us. I believe as we step into the things that we're called to do with the understanding that if I die, I die. If we lay down our lives in that way and walk in faith and not fear, God is going to do amazing things in and through us on this earth in this time that we're in. There's greater stories to be written than the stories in Hebrews 11. I feel like that, there's, there are things being written right now that uh, the people from Hebrews 11 are going to go, wow, like this was great, but what you guys are doing now, this is amazing. <laughs> and it's going to come from the power of the Holy Spirit moving in and through us. Every single one of us is called to this greatness. Every one of us. 
there is an amazing plan for our life that goes way beyond our own abilities. So, Father, I just pray right now. I thank you that you're awakening a people. You're awakening a remnant people that would say yes to you. In John 20, Jesus says three times, do you love me, Peter? Peter says, you know that I love you. He says, feed my lambs. He says, take care of my sheep. Then he says it again, feed my sheep. And then he says, follow me. Lord, may we be those that will follow you to the ends of the earth. You say, I'll be with you to the ends of the earth. But Lord, would we follow you to the ends of the earth? Would we be your followers no matter what? No matter what we face, would we be willing to give up whatever it is you tell us to give up? Knowing (laughs) that what we're giving up is nothing compared to what we actually get to receive. The eternal rewards and the inheritance that you have for us. For those who say yes to you, just as Peter did. You know that I love you, Lord. I'll follow you. I will follow you. It was Peter in Acts 2 when the Holy Spirit came and rested upon them. He got to declare the gospel. He got to feed the sheep. And thousands came into the kingdom. Thousands came in. Happened again right after that. It said that he was filled with the Spirit. He got to speak to the Sanhedrin. At the Sanhedrin, he spoke to those people that were the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Right after that, when they were released, they began to pray. And Peter, again, filled with the Spirit, along with the other disciples and those who were praying there. It says that the the ground was shaken, and they were filled with the Spirit so that they could speak the Word of God boldly, that there would be no fear. So, Father, I thank you that as we say yes to you, Lord, would you fill us? We pray for a filling of your Spirit. Lord, we pray for a shaking of the ground. We pray for fire to come, for fire to fall on our lives, Lord that we would no longer live for ourselves, but our eyes would be on you. We would live lives fully laid down for you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and you would move within us. Lord, I pray for for dreams. I pray for visions to come in the night. Lord, I pray that you'd pour out your spirit. Do the very thing that you desire to do. Lord, as we long for you and as we cry for you, Lord, we say pour out your spirit on us. Lord, we ask you for boldness in this season. We ask you that that the fear of man, that fear that has come into our lives, we say, Lord, as you fill us with your spirit, as you fill us with your love, that perfect love, Lord, break off that fear that's within us. Break off that fear that would hold us back from the assignments that we're called to. Lord, that we would be a remnant people, that we would be those that say yes to the calling on our life. Lord, may we not hold back. May we not. (laughs) May we not be those that shrink back. But may we be those that are righteous ones. And the righteousness of God in Christ, that your righteousness would rise upon us, in us, through us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. 
Lord, it is a new day of destiny that is dawning over your people right now. Lord, I thank you for the revival that is coming. Lord, it's a revival of your people. It's a place where when repentance comes, when and repentance is turning to your ways, to saying yes to you in the fullness of everything that you have. Lord, I pray right now for that spirit of repentance that we would say, Lord, we are sorry for trying for, to walk in our own ways, even in the slightest way. Lord, that we want to turn fully towards you. Lord, we want to be lovers of your presence so much so that there is nothing that would hold us back from running into your presence, from running to you, from that place of just weeping and longing for you, for longing for more of you. Lord, and and not just for us. Lord, this is not just about us individually. But just as you call us to be those priests that would weep between the porch and the holy of holies, Lord, that we're actually calling people in. We're calling others in. That we're saying yes to the plans and purposes that you have for us to be those that would carry your truths, that would carry your love, that would be a light in a dark world. That as we rise and shine, Lord, that it's the glory of the Lord that would rise upon us. It is a new day of destiny that dawns for your people. Lord, I pray that you would awaken us. The sleeping church, awaken the sleeping church. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord, call us by name. That we would say, oh, Jesus, awaken us in this time that we would see that you're right there. Your presence is upon us. And this is our time. This is our time to step into the battle. Thank you, Jesus. season. Just raise your hand. Awesome. Wow, that's like a little bit of half of the room here. So if you guys would just stand up to your feet. There's nothing else you can stand up to. Stand up. Yeah, go ahead. Oh. There we go. I just want to say, too, if you don't have an assignment, we've just, even... I'm not gonna say what it is, but but just but Rachel was just saying the other day, uh, Marcus's wife, like as we've been praying into the assignments, she was just going, Lord, I don't have an assignment. I'm, but she was seeing all these other assignments and was like, Oh, I'm so excited! Like they have an assignment, they have an assignment, praying into it, and then all of a sudden, as just praying and praying for others, the Lord just dropped an assignment. I can't say what it is yet, but it's an assignment, yeah. and it's awesome. And, and I, I just feel like if you don't have the assignment yet, don't be frustrated. Don't be like, ah, Lord, where's my assignment? Lord, you're going to just come alongside others who have assignments, and then watch. It's going to be when you're least expected that all of a sudden the Lord's going to just drop something yeah. in your heart because yeah. he's bringing assignments, but he'll, he'll bring them just at the right time. Just at the right time. 
Yeah. That's it. And, and so don't be, you don't have to long for the assignment. Long for Jesus. And, but be, be ready because, and be listening because there are assignments that are coming right now. And shifting assignments. I feel like for many people right now, things are shifting. Things are changing. So what you were, what you were in in one season was great. It wasn't that it was the wrong thing. But now he's shifting us into new assignments for this season that we're in. So just be ready to say yes. And it's going to be, I'll tell you, it's not going to be what you expect. And it's going to be something that you cannot do on your own. And so it's going to put you in a place, hopefully, of like excitement, but also that, oh, but Lord, how am I going to do this? That's the perfect place to be. So, so let's do this. Um, if you guys wouldn't mind, those who aren't standing up, just find someone around you that you can lay your hands on. We have a bunch of people standing up on this side of the room and some people sitting down in this room. So maybe even like come over and, and we're just going to take some minutes and, uh, and bless and pray for and you can share what the Lord's calling you to if you want to share. Um, but let's just lay hands on those that, that are standing up and pray for them. Come on, come on. You guys get up and lay hands and let's pray. And if you guys want to kind of band together and just pray for one another as well. just going to stay in this spirit. I don't think we have anything else for tonight. So when you're through praying, you can you can go or you can keep praying and keep ministering to one another, whatever you want to do. Thank you guys for coming and, uh, and press into those new assignments, press into the good works, press into the weeping, press into the love of God this week. And we will uh, see you on Sunday. Don't forget, we have a conference coming up if you want to join us, uh, go online and the links on our website and sign up for the conference. It's going to be great. You do not want to miss it. Amen.